بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائد الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد When we mention mother or we remember our mother the first thing that comes to mind is what what's the first thing that comes to mind love yeah kindness yeah when we generally mention the word mother or we remember our mother we remember love we think of kindness and a number of words but if you were to put all of these words together because everyone's different right if you were to put all of these words together things that you're thinking of now um, the one word that you could include everything in would be the word mercy am I right or wrong yeah, everyone's everyone's on board so we, we, we kind of think of the word mercy mother and mercy yeah? these two words go together hand in hand you think of mother you think of mercy you think of mercy you think of mother these things are kind of intertwined and both words uh, kind of go together and mercy is so dominant in the character of a mother that even when you reach the age of 40 or 50 right even you so you you could even be a granddad by now right you're 50 years old you're a grandfather yourself but if your mother is still alive she's still the the, the mercy is still so dominant she's where have you eaten better have you eaten have you had enough rest take it easy calm down okay have, have you had enough sleep this is dominant feature in the mother mercy mother goes together regardless of your age regardless of how it is and this is something that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam tells us about and we see in the world she's worried about you regarding your health regarding your sleep regarding your food you say you've eaten no, no, no. Eat, eat some more have some more i've made this especially for you or you you need to have a bit more it seems like you're not eating much nowadays rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has told us inna lillahi mi'ata rahmah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his mercy, he has divided into 100 degrees, 100 levels. These are just words for us to understand. In reality, how this is only Allah knows. This is what make us understand. 100 portions of Allah's mercy. He says that from the 100 portions of his mercy, 100 degrees or levels of his mercy, he has only revealed one level of mercy in the world. Only one level of mercy in the world. As a result of this one level of mercy, all the mothers in the world from the time of Adam alayhi salam till the time of the final hour, the mercy that they show towards their children and not just humans. The hadith mentions animals. You've seen animals who animals take care of each other. How many millions and trillions of animals there are all sorts all of them that show mercy towards their young ones towards their infants towards their babies towards their offspring towards their children 
all of this mercy is as a result of that one mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent into the world. How many has he? And then the hadith says he has reserved 99 levels of mercy for the day of judgment. One level of mercy is in the world. Have you ever received mercy from anyone in your life? Has your mother been kind to you? Has your father been kind to you? Has anyone been kind to you? Have you seen kindness? All of the kindness and the mercy that you're seeing in the world is as a result of that one mercy which Allah sent into the world. 99 levels of mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reserved for the day of judgment. And that is, he's going to use that to decide the fate of his slaves, you and me. So now, once you've understood this, if someone was to tell you this, that would you like your mother to decide your fate on the day of judgment? Imagine somebody told you that on the day of judgment, your mother is going to be deciding whether you go to heaven or hell. Right? Somebody comes and gives you this news today that your mom is going to be the one who's going to decide whether you go to paradise or whether you go to hell. Is that going to make you happy? Of course. A lot of us will feel that we've got Jannah in our pocket already. We'll feel relaxed. We'll feel content. We'll feel happy. We'll feel I've made it already. You know, regardless of how your mom is and how your relationship is, right? Everyone has ups and downs. Some people have a better relationship. Others don't. But at the end of the day, you know one thing for sure, that your mother is not going to make a decision for you to go in hell. Regardless of how you've been or how she's been to you. That's one thing you know for sure. You are content, you're satisfied, that if the decision for hell and heaven was given to my mother to make in regards to me, you would feel content and you would feel happy. That I know she's not going to make a decision for me to go into hell. Instantly, we feel safe, knowing that she won't. Now, after hearing this hadith, after hearing this hadith, that the mercy of a mother, my mother, your mother, our mothers, the mothers of all the people in the whole world until the day of judgment from the beginning of time and not just humans, even the animals and every creation Allah has created. This is as a, if you are so feeling so secure in your mother's love and mercy, and that is all as a result of one portion of Allah's mercy. Can we, have we ever imagined how merciful Allah is? He's saying he has reserved 99 levels of mercy to decide my and your fate on the day of judgment. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, there was a tabi'i, Hamad ibn Salama, rahimahullah. He says, if I was given a choice on the day of judgment, that who would you like to decide your fate today, your destiny today? Whether you go and who would you like to take your account on the day of judgment, your mother or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He says, I would definitely choose Allah. I would definitely choose Allah. Why? Because I know that yes, my mother is kind and merciful, but Allah is way more merciful than all our mothers put together. Now, it's good me saying this, but the reality is, the reality is, right? I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about us, right? we'd probably still be more confident putting our trust in our mother. Yeah? Right? I know it's a bit deep, right? But we have to talk about these things. What's really going on inside us? 
So the reality is that we, we would still be more comfortable knowing if somebody told you, yeah, mother's going to do the, the accounts on the day of judgment. Yeah, I'm happy. When he thought Allah is going to take your account. Why? Because we've not recognized Allah. We think of Allah as someone who is very mean, very scary, very frightening, going to punish you, going to put you in hell. This is what we've been hearing from when we've been young, right? You're going to burn. You're going to go to hell. You're going to be doomed. These are the words that we're always here. Quran and the Sunnah doesn't speak like this. This is not the language of Islam. This is our own made up language. I'm not denying the existence of the hellfire. I'm not ex denying the existence of the torment. It's there. But this is not the language. And this is the language we're growing up with. This is the language we're feeding into our children. And this is what's going on in our minds. And this is why when I ask this question, Okay, it's easy for me to say it, but in reality, Hamad ibn Salama says, I was given the choice. I am convinced because I know that my Allah is very merciful. My Allah is very kind. One mercy in the world, 99 he has reserved on the day of judgment. Why? To decide the fate of his slaves and mankind so that he can make a decision based on the mercy that he subhanahu wa ta'ala has. We know the day of judgment. This is the, the, the he has reserved 99 for the day of judgment. And that day of judgment, we know it's terrifying. It's frightening. Of course it is. But even then, look at the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he speaks about the day of judgment, what does he say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, over here, even when he's talking about the day of judgment, when he's talking about the day of judgment and the terror and how frightened people will be, even then he could have used the word, he's one of his names most powerful, the one who chastises, the one who grabs people and seizes them and takes them to account. But instead Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, describing the day of judgment, he uses one name. The voices of the people will be lowered. For who? Allah uses Ar-Rahman, the most kind. Al-Mulku Lir-Rahman. Kingdom on the day of judgment will be for who? Ar-Rahman. Again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rahman. On that day of judgment, no one will be able to speak. Except who? The one who Rahman allows to speak. Look how kind. This is, this is the language of Allah. This is the language of the Quran. We need to adopt this. Not what we've been used to up until now. Oh, if you don't pray, you're going to burn. If you don't pray, you're going to go to hell. If you don't pray, you know, Allah's going to punish you. This is going to happen to you. That's going to happen to you. And this is, this is what we're growing up with. In our minds, a lot of us, or most of us, we pray, we pray, Right? And this is going to be a bit deep, right? But it's the truth. A lot of us, we only pray because we don't want to burn in hell. Because we want to stay away from Allah's punishment. And that's why we don't like praying. That's why we don't like fasting. That's why we don't like anything that's Islamic. We're just doing it to tick the box to get by. Because I want to get away from his, his, his wrath. That guy, that being. We've got this image of Allah as being some cruel being who's just out there to get you. It's not the truth. That's not the reality. 
Allah has 100 levels of mercy. In this world, every kindness, every action that you've seen of kindness, of love, that's the result of one mercy of Allah. He has reserved 99 to decide my and your fate on the day of judgment. How merciful and kind is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Sahih Muslim, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions a hadith. He says, I know the first person to enter paradise. Who's that going to be? Himself, of course. Prophet he says, I know the first person to enter paradise. And I know the last person to enter paradise. The first person to enter paradise is going to be none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, I know the last person to enter paradise as well. And he says that this last person, he will be the last person to be taken out of the hellfire. So he's the last person to be taken out of Jahannam. And then he will be brought forth in the, in the presence of Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show him all his minor sins. He tell the angels, show him his minor sins, hide his major sins, put them away. Don't show him the major sins, just show him his minor sins. And then one by one, Allah will speak to him. Bila tarjuman, without any translator, without anybody in between. This is the serve with a light one-to-one. -one. You don't need anyone in between. And that's how easy it is. Not like the tyrant rulers of the world, where they've got people in between. This is how kind Allah is. You want to approach him? He says, in the night, in the day, afternoon, evening. Anytime you want to come to me, come to me. I'm ready for you. It's up to you. The ball is in your court. Allah is ready. He's willing. You don't have to wait for Laylatul Qadr. You don't have to wait for Hajj. These are preconceived ideas I have created in my mind. That it has to be the day of Jumu'ah. It has to be at the Hajjul time. It has to be when somebody's died and I'm crying and shedding tears. Only then Tawbah will be accepted. No, Allah didn't. Allah's made it so easy. Morning, morning. Afternoon, afternoon. Evening, anytime. Any place. Anywhere. Any moment in any way, shape or form. It doesn't have to be allowed. It doesn't have to be in sajda. You don't have to be crying like the next guy. That's his way of going to Allah. Your way of going Allah is unique to you. You could be just whispering something in your heart and you become close to Allah and just say, oh Allah, I'm never going to do this again. Please accept my forgiveness. And Allah forgives you. So this person, his minor sins are put in front of him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to speak to him and he say, did you do this on so-and-so day? Obviously, he can't hide. It's in front of him. He won't be able to lie. He can't run away. He'll look around and he'll see his sins in front of him. He's going to say, yes, Allah. Imagine how he's going to be looking down, feeling he's going to be doomed. Did you do this on so-and-so day, so-and-so time? He's going to say, yes, I did do it, oh Allah. Did you do this as well? He says, yes, I did this as well. Did you do this as well? He says, yes, I did. And like this, Allah will count his deeds upon him and he will confess, acknowledge and just feel that I am doomed. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make an announcement and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say regarding this individual that know that I have forgiven your sins. And not only that, all these sins that we've just counted now, I have converted them into good deeds. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, this man, he'll start jumping up and down. Just Allah, Allah, I've got more, more sins. These are just the minor sins. I've got major sins as well. I've got major sins. Can you turn them into good deeds as well? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whilst narrating this hadith, he smiled until his back teeth were visible. 
And the Prophet ﷺ displays again the mercy and the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can, is there anyone more merciful than Allah? Is this the Allah we've been learning about? We've been speaking about or the idea that we have in our minds? Or is it very, very different? The only reason we find reading Quran a burden, performing salah a burden, Quran speaks about this. Islam is not a burden. Islam is mercy. It's rahmah. It's love. It's peace. It's beauty. And this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted this to us. You know, there was a Sahabi, a great Sahabi we all hear of, Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu. Prior to accepting Islam, we know him as a great Sahabi. However, uh, he was an arch enemy of Islam. He accepts Islam quite late in the eighth year of Hijrah. He comes with someone else like Khalid bin Walid, who was again a great enemy of Islam. He caused a lot of inconvenience to the Prophet and the Muslims. However, when he comes to accept Islam, Amr ibn al-As and he says to the Prophet I've come to accept Islam. And the Prophet stretches his hand in front so that he can embrace his hand and bring him into the fold of Islam. So the Prophet has his blessed hand stretched out like this. And Amr ibn al-As pulls his hand away. And the Prophet says, Amr, like, what's wrong? You said you want to accept Islam. I put my hand out and you snatch your hand away. This is a Prophet of Allah. One question. Am I guaranteed if I accept Islam? I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I've not been a good person. I've done so many horrible, nasty things. Is there a guarantee that if I accept Islam, Allah is going to wipe all of that away? And the Prophet said, Oh Amr, don't you know that Islam wipes away everything that has been done before it? Islam wipes everything away that has been done before it. And he stretched his hand out and he said, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. If I and you and we all make this pledge to Allah and we recite, Ashhadu ibnbi, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. Don't we, if Allah can do this for a mushrik, somebody who was an arch enemy of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he decided to renew his covenant with Allah and said Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah that from today onwards I'm going to live a life according to Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam if Allah can forgive the likes of Amr ibn al who at one point used to say the most hateful person in the world to me was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa I hated him the most he used to say what I wanted to do was kill him that was my ultimate goal but he says, with all, he came with this baggage. This was his baggage. He, will, he did some nasty and horrible things, which Alhamdulillah, I know for sure nobody here has ever even imagined the thought of some nasty and horrible things like that. Yes, we have done some wrong things. We're human beings. However, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives people like Amr ibn al-As and then he becomes a great companion, why is it that we think that Allah is not going to forgive us? And we think, oh, he's not going to forgive me anyway. Let me just carry on living a lifestyle of haram because he's not going to forgive me anyway. Who told you that? Nobody. You've made this idea up in your own head. And sometimes we get lost in there telling ourselves things which are not true, which are not real. You want to understand who is Allah? Study the Quran. You want to understand who is Allah? Read the hadith of the Prophet And we will see the famous incident. There's a famous incident. There was once a battle that took place. At the end of the battle, there were some people which were prisoners of war, captured people. Amongst them, there was a woman. And the Prophet ﷺ, Sahaba, they're standing around. And they see this woman, she's frantic. 
absolutely frantic. She's going crazy from one camp to the other. She's one of the captured people. So she's going from one camp to the other camp to the other camp to the other camp. What happened? She got separated from her baby, little tiny uh, infant. And she's going from one camp to the other, one camp to the other. She's going crazy, looking around, checking one camp, checking the other camp, checking the other camp. And the Prophet and the Sahaba, they are witnessing this. In the midst of the camp, there is a fire burning. And they see this woman frantically running around. And eventually they see that she found her baby. And immediately, as soon as she picks up the baby, the baby's crying. She lifts the baby, puts, her, puts the baby to, to her breast and starts breastfeeding her immediately. And the baby is calm. The mother is calm. The Prophet told the Sahaba, what did he say? Oh, my Sahaba, do you think this woman would throw this baby into that fire? Sahaba said, Oh, Prophet of Allah, we've just seen how frantic she was, how crazy she went because of the separation of the child. Never, never would this woman throw her own baby into the, into the fire. Rasulullah says, In the same way, Allah would never want to throw his slaves into the fire. It's what you do yourself. Allah is not like that. Allah is too merciful, too kind to want to throw you into the fire. Get this out of our heads. Allah doesn't want you to burn. If somebody's told you that growing up, well, we need to unlearn this. Allah does not want you to go to hell. If you've been telling yourself this story, I'm just messed up. I'm just, I'm just being created for, for evil. I'm never going to become a good person. Well, we need to start changing that language that we speak to ourselves in. That's not true. Allah wants you to prosper. Allah wants you to succeed. Allah wants you to have a good life. Hayatan tayyiba. Allah wants you to get to the highest levels of paradise. And thus he's given us this opportunity. If Allah didn't want us to get to paradise, he wouldn't have given us all of these opportunities. So this woman and the Prophet wasallam describes this incident. You know, every single good deed, every single good deed that you and I have done and people will do until the day of judgment. All of that reward is going to the Prophet Imagine how much reward he gets because he started it all off. He was the first person. Right? So 1400 years and until the day of judgment, every salah, every fast, every dhikr, every sadaqah, every act of kindness, every good deed anyone will ever do. All of that will go. You'll get the reward yourself and the reward of it will go ultimately to the Prophet because he was the instigator. He was the one who started this movement of Islam off. Now imagine how much good deeds he's going to have. He said, no one will enter Jannah because of their good deeds. So the Sahaba, they said, oh, Prophet of Allah, what about you? You've got the most good deeds. He says, even me, I will not enter Jannah because of my good deeds. They said, well, how are we going to go to Jannah? We do these good deeds thinking we're going to get paradise. No, he says, no. Entry into paradise is only based on the mercy of Allah. Yes, your good deeds will enable you to go higher levels. The levels of paradise, your good deeds will come in, can come in use then. But to actually enter paradise, no one's deeds can make you enter paradise. Even the Prophet says, even me, I am in need of Allah's mercy. Yes, once you're in Jannah, your good deeds will help you ascend to the levels. That's why we are desperately in need of the good deeds. And Allah will base his judgment based on the good deeds, but it's not going to be relying on the good deeds alone. We need the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, we've been speaking about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very quickly in the last final moments. How to earn Allah's mercy? How to earn the mercy of Allah? There's many different ways. We're just going to touch on a few. 
Number one, Quran says, Allah Obey Allah, obey His Messenger, you will get the mercy of Allah. Simple. This is the most simplest way. Live your life in the way Allah and His Rasul wants you to, and you will be a person who will get the mercy of Allah. This is first step, and this is something we have to commit to now. When we say this, people think, oh no, it's too hard. Islam's too difficult. I can't do this. A lot of our youth, they say, you know, everything's haram, man. Bro, everything's haram. What, what, how, can I, how can I live according to Islam? Everything's haram. You know that, that, that line is just so wrong. What's haram? What's haram? Tell me what's haram. Pork? Alcohol? What else? No, no, food. Food-wise. That's it. Most of the things are halal. We, 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 what happens is we tell us everything. You know, in Islam, everything's just haram. That's not true. In Islam, everything is halal, except a couple of things that are extremely harmful to you. Allah, out of His mercy, has told you, don't go to this because it's going to harm you. Otherwise, everything's allowed. When it comes to business, right? Most of the things you're allowed. There's a couple of things, a handful, small percentage of things, which in Islam, you know, people think if I want to live by Islam, why, why is Allah asking of us? Pray five times a day. How long does that take? 24 hours, probably half an hour. Two rakat, fajr, four dhuhr, four asr, three maghrib, four isha. If you were to collect, count that together, what's half an hour, 40 minutes from 24 hours? Fast every Ramadan. If you're sick, okay, you're excused. If you're traveling, you're excused. Right? Zakat, 2.5%. Again, if you can't afford it, you're excused. Hajj, if you don't have the money, you're excused. Otherwise, only once in a life. What is Allah asking of us? What is Allah asking of us? It's so easy. But we've been telling ourselves, it's too hard. I can't do it. It's too harsh. It's too strict. That's not the truth. The Prophet says, Islam is easy. Allah doesn't want you to burden yourselves. This is a very easy religion. It's a natural religion. It's a beautiful religion. And our language needs to change. We need to learn to lo love Islam. Love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So number one, to earn the rahmah of Allah. First of all, number one, obey Allah and His Messenger. Number two, the second way to earn the mercy of Allah is to show mercy to other people. Ar-Rahimun, yirhamuhum ar-Rahman tabaraka wa ta'ala. Irhamu man fil ard, yirhamukum man fil sama. Have mercy on the people of the earth and Rahman will show mercy upon you. In one hadith he says, Whoever doesn't show kindness to others will not receive kindness. And where does the kindness start? Where does the kindness for the people that are closest to you? Anas ibn Malik says, I have never seen anyone more kinder to their family than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How do we speak to our family members? When we speak to other people, all nice, kind, please, thank you, and all of this comes there. When, we, when, when you speak to your wife, how do you speak? When you speak to your kids, and, and you know what the worst thing about it is? We think we're being religious by being strict with our children, talking to them in a horrible, nasty tone, and thinking you're doing something religious. The Prophet never spoke to a child like this in his life. Anas ibn Malik said, I have never seen anyone more kinder showing more mercy to his family, whether it be his wives, whether it be his children. You know, once he was playing with his children, his grandchildren, and he picked up and he was kissing them, hugging them, playing with them. 
And a lot of guys think I'm macho. I can't, I'm not going to do this kind of stuff. That's for women. The Prophet ﷺ was the greatest man on this face of this earth. He picked up his children, he kissed them, he played with them. There was one man going by and he says, are you playing with your kids? You're kissing them? He says, yeah, because I've got 10 children. I've never played with any of them. The Prophet says, Those who don't show kindness, they won't receive kindness. He said, what can I do if Allah's taken kindness out of your heart? At least Allah snatched it away. Be kind, be nice, be courteous to people. And you will receive the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So number one, obey Allah and his messenger. Number two, show kindness to other people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show kindness to you. Uh, one or two, I'll mention a couple more. In one hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa says, Allah showers his mercy upon that man who when he wakes up in the night, he wakes his wife up. Come on, it's time for tahajjud. Let's pray tahajjud. Or on the other way, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Allah, Allah have mercy on that woman who wakes up her husband at the time of tahajjud and says, come on, wake up. I've woken up, you wake up. Let's pray and get the mercy of Allah. I asked if Allah showers his mercy upon waking somebody up for nafal, how much mercy will you get if you encourage your family members upon the fara'id? For fajr, for dhahr, for asr, for maghrib, for isha. In a polite way, in a kind way, not being harsh, not being mean, not being rude, not condescending and telling them off, thinking I pray, you should pray as well. No, in a nice way, polite way, gently using the hikmah. And also we find another hadith, the Prophet wasallam says, Rahimallahu abdan. May Allah shower his mercy upon that person who's easygoing in his buying and selling. In his buying and selling. Doesn't haggle too much. Like it just drives a person crazy. Thinking, all right, just take it anyway. Right? You, you do your little bit, but then you're easygoing. When it comes to buying, when it comes to selling, people who are easygoing, who, who are courteous, who are mindful of the opposite person. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Rahimallahu abdan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on this individual. Finally, when we speak about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one thing comes to mind, and that is, does this mean this is now a license to sin? Can we go around doing it? Because Allah is most merciful and He's so kind. Does this mean that we've got a license to sin? No. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in the Quran? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, tell the people, tell the people that I am Ghafoor al-Rahim. I am the most forgiving, the most merciful. But my punishment is very severe as well. A believer lives in balance. A believer lives in balance. So we have hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we are always also aware of his punishment. That doesn't mean that we should be like so scared of Allah that we start to hate him because that's what's happening. This is what's happening at the moment. People are hating Islam. People are hating being Muslim. People are leaving Islam because they've got this wrong perception of Allah. Do you know when you've got, you've got your mother, right? Your mother, you love your mother, right? Right? Are you scared of her? Are you scared of her in a way that you hate her? You, do you fear your mother? Yes, you do. But is it in a way that you hate her? No. What do you fear about your mother? What do you fear about her? You fear about her because you don't want to end up doing something. She doesn't want you to. Why? Because you might lose her love. You might fall in her esteem. 
So exactly in the same way, a believer's relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not one where you just think that it, it, it kind of drives you away and you don't want to know anything about Islam anymore. It's our connection to Allah relationship should be based on we worship Allah out of love. And we fear him. Why? Because we don't want to lose his love. We don't want to fall from his esteem. Because those who disobey him will lose the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we're going back to the love and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us amongst those who earn the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.